So be professional is what you're saying. No, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go. Here we go. I'm listening to your neighbor's hood. You're listening. You're listening to Your Neighbor's Hood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically about race. With Hannah and Jackie. And we're at it. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> She's up in the closet. I'm locked we're in the closet. in our closet. This is Your Neighbor's Hood podcast where we have uncomfortable culture conversations specifically about rice. And who are you? I'm Jackie. I'm Jackie. <laughs> and I'm Hannah. And today we're talking about monuments oh my goodness we are actually getting monumental (laughs) (laughs) i felt when i thought of this pun i thought well we have to do it but then as time went on i thought i don't know are we just doing it for the cool title is there something to talk about because honestly this one seemed like an open and shut case to me i didn't understand what the big deal is not about them being up, but about them coming down. I just thought, way overdue, yes, let's celebrate it. You know, I didn't I didn't understand the depth that I think I'm coming to, and hopefully by the end of this we'll understand a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, it was the mental part that I think, um, because when I heard it, I thought, oh, yeah, because people are effing crazy about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I realized that there are so many different opinions about it. And I just want to get to the facts and then we can have our opinions based off the facts rather than anything else. All right. I'm going to try and stick within that frame. <laughs> hey, I, hey, we can have our feelings because we are in the neighborhood. And the important part is that we are able to hear folks out. So you may vehemently disagree with us. That is okay, neighbor. We encourage you to engage and have that conversation with us. And I would actually say even more hats off to you if you listen to this and you really disagree with things that we're saying. That's really cool. And that's something that I'm striving for is to be able to sit in rooms with opinions that are different from my own. So And all that to say, I still am getting a feel for who our listenership is. So I would love to hear from you on any of our past topics. Last go-round, you would have heard our our episode on Insecure, the HBO TV show with Issa Rae. Oh, yeah. And if there's any thoughts that you have about the things that we're talking about or things that you'd like to hear us talk about, we'd love to know that. Yep. Bring it here. As DC Young Fly would say, a comedian that I like, a young guy. (laughs) So let's get into it. Like, monumental. I guess from my point of view, I think these monuments are like tangible eulogies, like real eulogies to people who... I, I, I don't know that they felt that they were treasonous at the time, but people who had uh, what we would now consider un-American views or reflections about what the United States should be investing in and 
the investment of that particular group at the time or the investment of these these eulogies represent the faction of America that wanted to do more investment in white power and white supremacy for me. That's what I view them as. You can touch mm-hmm. it, you can feel it, you can all that good stuff. We're memorializing white supremacy. Yeah, I went to the dictionary definition, which was a statue, a building, or other structure erected to commemorate a famous or notable person. But the Latin root is monere, which is to remind. Mm. Which I think is charged in this situation. Yes. Because there are other people that are reminded of heritage and states' rights and when I definitely hear states' rights, I think states' rights to enslave. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So there are many different emotions when we see these monuments. Well, I've been thinking, and I don't have the answer to this. I just try and displace the argument to the Holocaust or something like that to say, how can you commemorate an event in a way that honors the history of the people who were there, who suffered, who benefited, who, how, how can we keep that in our minds so that we don't repeat that history mm-hmm. without making the presence of it be threatening? So I don't have the answer to that, but I, I think we have other examples globally that we could look to see other models of how to do it. How to do it. Um, absolutely. I, 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 but I think it's also important, like like you said, how do we hold both sides of history in our hands? Because I, I know that part of the conversation is, is it's an erasing of history, right? It's an erasing of, of heritage. And you're absolutely right. I do not feel that the taking of these down should take away what they stood for or who these people actually were to the complicated history of the United States. I can't remember where it was, but there was this one uh, city that actually took down us like a slave whipping block recently. There was a block in the town and they took it down. And for me, I was conflicted about that. I was like, wow, like they took that block down, but that block is a reminder of that was real. Like that Mm -hmm. really happened. And, And I think that's different to me from saying that I'm gonna there there's hereification in those who thought who believed and supported the fact that uh that black people should be enslaved right that we 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 should um build America but not be American you know mm-hmm. so yeah I'm with you how do we hold both in our hands the American Civil War happened in the United States from 1861 to 1865, right? I'm going to say that again, 1861 to 1865. And if you don't know what that was, that was when the North, (laughs) that was a fight between the Union and the Southern states uh, that wanted to succeed from, uh, from the United States of America. Uh, so the Civil War began primarily because of that long-standing controversy, if we're using present-day terms, over the enslavement of Black people or uh, states' rights to enslave. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's an important ellipsis there. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, we, I, at least in Jackie's humble opinion. 
So if we put that into context, Hannah, Charlottesville, that's a big name here where we are across the country. Charlottesville erected a statue of Stonewall, John- Stonewall Johnson in 1921. And a statue of Robert E. Lee, who are considered Confederate war heroes. So mm-hmm. 1861, 1865 at the latest, mm-hmm. 1921. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And history wise, I don't know if we know what was going on in the United States, but that's very important as to why these things were coming about in the nineteen twenties. Right. Yeah. And then I even found that monument resurgence started in the centennial era of the war, which was nineteen fifty seven to nineteen sixty five. Because <laughs> We're thinking about Jim Crow laws. Yes, absolutely. Happening. Like, yes. We're thinking about separating people and reminding people. Mm-hmm. So reconstruction and all this good stuff. Like we're thinking about these time periods where a statement obviously needed to be made about who was superior in America. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same time period was Mount Rushmore, 1927 to 41. And that was the land of the Lakota Sioux. So talk about going in and then carving your face into the side of a mountain, carving four white guys' faces into the side of a mountain. I see on the Nextdoor app people complain about graffiti, and Uh I think, (laughs) think, well, (laughs) talk about graffiti to the kettle. (laughs) (laughs) Well. What if they chiseled their bust in the side of your home? And right. and I think as we transition into the conversation, I think that'll be a good point to bring up about the location and not even the location, but the why now and what that is. Here in Virginia, though, oh, let me just tell you what we did, because Virginians are have um, are the OGs of segregation. <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. not to be funny. I mean, I'm a, I'm a come here, not a from here. So I am so grateful to be able to have such a, a large amount of history, like right at my fingertips. But Virginians are the OGs at this. Virginia, what they did is they, they made war memorial laws that, that originally came in like ni- in 1904. So soon before uh, the bust. So what it did was this law, this war memorial laws means to permit, they permitted the construction, which says, yes, we can, we can build this stuff and also protect only Confederate statues. So before they started, yes, they did. And so it originally applied for counties in Virginia. So it was saying this law says we can build these Confederate statues and they are protected. Nineteen oh four. Okay. So before they went ham. So it dealt with counties but not cities. And so a bunch of Confederate statues were added over the years and it wasn't until nineteen ninety seven, Hannah, nineteen ninety seven that the Virginia General Assembly amended that language to expand it to include cities and countries. So in nineteen ninety seven I just think people were getting smarter and being like, Well, in our city we don't want it or you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they're like, nope, we're going to expand that protection to um, to include cities and um, along with counties. However, 
in 2016. We're doing a lot of dates today. <laughs> Hang with us because in 2016, the Southern Poverty Law Center said that the country's more than 700 monuments were part of roughly 1,500 symbols of the Confederacy in public spaces, which feels like a lot. Yeah. Overkill. Overkill. It, it, it is a lot. It, it's, it is a lot. It's a lot. And here's the other thing about it. Back to this point of location. Right after the Civil War, mainly memorials happened in cemeteries and graveyards. If you wanted to think about that, you went to this place to honor it. But the ones that are in controversy right now are in places of power within cities. Downtown, in front of city halls, they are erected with a purpose, and that location is it's in relationship with who is being memorialized. Hold on, let me see that. Who's got more power? Yes. More power. Yeah. Right. I don't have muscles. I was, y'all, I was just putting my arm up like I had a muscle. There ain't, <laughs> there ain't nothing there. She does. There ain't nothing there. I ain't lifted a weight since I lift this water bottle container about five <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> yes. Yes, Hannah. That's, that's, Yes. Yes, Hannah. They are at places. They are statement pieces. They are the handbag that goes with that beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They are statement pieces. They were mm-hmm. meant, they purposely designed. The problem is, is not only that, of the estimated over 5,000 statues depicting historical figures, figures on display in the United States. Right. So we got these things in a position of power. Only about a little under 400 of them are of women. Mm. And fewer than that are of black historical figures. And so Mm. this kind of answers the question to who or what gets memorialized in America. Yeah. So if your argument is. I'm realizing this in real time. If your argument is, oh, we're erasing history, then remember that it's already been erased and if you want to accurately remember history make sure you're remembering all of it and the stuff that's most important should be the stuff that we're putting up in these places of power yeah yeah i'm i'm 100 sure that women and non-white americans have made a significant contribution to this country that's worth memorializing and i don't think that memorialization always has to be done through a statue but or a monument but yes we we have done this with some history and done this put on our bifocals with other pieces of history hoods goods yeah you know what time it is it's where we your neighbor's hood choose to intentionally support an independent business as an act of respect we acknowledge the tremendous amount of risk and challenges inherent to starting one's own business but recognize that for minority people specifically african americans those challenges can be even higher so we invite you to join us in celebrating this month's hoods goods Here's Justin Anderson of Great White Water Sports. I flew a gentleman, he couldn't swim. The spiritual leader in that religion told his parents that he was gonna die by water. 
So they never took him swimming. They never allowed him to get into the water. He saw flyboarding, and he wanted to come and do it. His uncle came out with him. They did a spiritual ceremony to the side, and his mother and father told him, we forbid you from doing this. If you do this, don't ever come back. And his uncle came and I, and at the time I didn't know this whole story. So I take him out, he does the flyboard, he comes up several times, and I'm all excited. I'm like, oh buddy, that's great. And he stops, he says, I, I just need a break, I just need a break. I said, okay, cool. So he floats over to the jet ski. And he says, I'm ready to go in. I said, you sure? I said, man, you're doing great. You can go a little higher. He said, no. He said, you don't understand. I had to do this for me. And then he tells me that story when we were out on the water. I didn't grow up in a situation like that. So for people to literally go through life's journeys and make great white water sports a part of that, that's inspiring. That lets us know where, where we're supposed to be. We're doing what we're supposed to do. To hear more from Justin and his partner, Thomas Williams, check out our Hoods Goods episode this month or find more information on our website, yourneighborshood.com. And now back to the show. Hannah, why do you think this is even happening? Why do you think people are even, like, why are we even talking about monuments at this point in time? I mean, I know that people that keep there, they just have been in the work, doing the work, like the Make It Right Project, who they've been, they've been doing this work forever. Why now do you think it's, like, super important or we're in this talking about monumental? We just keep coming back to it. I think this is a moment in time that is the intersection of this pandemic, which has just pulled back the curtain on so many things because of one, the disparities between who is suffering disproportionately in response to the pandemic, but then also many people are in front of their screens and aware of things in a way that they are not distracted away from. And so I think all this has created a heightened awareness around a movement that has been already in the works. So because the groundwork has already been laid, this has just been, I think people who haven't been as active are being more active around these issues right now. You know, I feel like we don't, we, we've been left, as you said, kind of left with no choice to the tension from George Floyd, right? That's kind of that there was already matches and flames going on, but somebody put gasoline on everything life-wise with, mm-hmm. with George Floyd and watching his final breaths, which I have not done, really opened people up to exactly what you're saying. It's to the, the oppression of the United mm-hmm. States. And you can say it's just a protest with the police, but I think it's a really that sentiment of not just oppressive uh, institutions, but the memorializing of oppression as it mm-hmm. as it stands. And so talking about it right now is so different because it's exploded culturally to to like you were you're just talking about Mount Rushmore to indigenous people's mm-hmm. uh, oppression. You know, we're really trying to have a more honest account of American history here. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do and so the problem is is that your systematic racism has 
sort of took its form in a lot of ways in the statues, in the monuments, in the parks, in the naming of buildings. And we're like, nope. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jackie, I was driving on Lee Street and I was like, why is this so familiar to me? And then I was like, oh, well, because in the town I went to college in, I always took that exit off the highway, Lee Street. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> there's Lee Street everywhere. And it sort of just suddenly just came crashing down on me. And then, you know, I drive into my neighborhood and it's like one thing after another. And as you become attuned to it, these things that for me, I was ignorant and privileged out of seeing I was like oh my god oh no it's here too it's everywhere it starts to really I mean it's so shocking if you have been able to avoid it it is it's everywhere which brings me to the question to you what do you think most white people don't understand about these monuments I don't, I don't know that it's most white people at this point. I think there's a faction of white people, of European-American people, that, that will never see them as a problem. So it's not a matter of what they don't understand. It's their own personal understanding. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, don't, I don't know that there are people that are willing to walk through who their heroes are and what they were fighting for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And... and why you don't want to see a plantation boulevard, why you don't want to, like, why these things are are like a slap in the face. Like, you're always right. If you're attuned, like you just said, if you're attuned, you're always, it's always in your mm-hmm. face. Always. Yeah. <laughs> you see it, and it's like, no, it's not a big deal. That, so I, what I, I don't know, what it is that they don't understand because I think there's enough here. There's been enough that has happened over the past several months to provide a clearer understanding of what people think. But I, I would equate it to this young woman had a post on Twitter that said something like this mind warping of figures. It's like COVID. They're the same that people don't believe it until they it affects mm-hmm. them. And that's what I think is the problem or the misunderstanding or the um, um, blissful ignorance of some people in America is that until a piece of this affects them or hits them in some sort of way, it, they don't have the empathy muscle to deal with mm-hmm. this stuff. I remember a time in my life where I thought I saw these things that were all around and to me it made me think of home this is so gross to say but I am trying to stretch my empathy muscle to understand anyone who doesn't get it and the that is not a probably popular thing to do but I think it's important so we can move forward together Okay, so the Confederates lost, and then there was a big backlash in the form of Jim Crow, in the form of these monuments. We're right now riding another wave of understanding of the oppression and damage that we have done to marginalized people. That we have marginal, that white people have marginalized others consistently throughout our history. And if we aren't mindful 
about bringing people along, we will face another backlash. I mean, that's what it feels like. And God bless the UDC, the United Daughters of the Confederacy. Them women organize their butts mm-hmm. off to ensure that their men mm-hmm. were memorialized and that their children were indoctrinated into white supremacy. And I say that not even being funny, but it is that type of hustle that we need to use to counter this work that we're still trying to un that mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. It was the college campuses. It was the children. It was the uh, public mm-hmm. spaces. They organize. And that's the power of women. Yes. Can I just say that? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Rolling Man. shoulders back. That's the power Oof. of women. I just love the way that you can... <laughs> see the see the good through that forest of trash. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. It is yeah. hot trash. I don't like it. But as uh, Cara Holloway of the Make It Right Project said, the Civil War gave these women lemons and they made lemonade. Horrible racist lemonade. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. But we've got we've got work to do. So what's next? What do you think should happen next? Now that these monuments are coming down, what are you well, thinking, Hannah? Well, um, a couple of interesting tidbits. One is that one of the most unlikely activists calling for the statues to come down on Monument Avenue in Richmond is Reverend Robert W. Lee, the general's great, 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 great. Did I do four? Great nephew, which I think is interesting. Also in the South, I just saw that Asheville, North Carolina, approves reparations for black residents. Now, that is not on an individual basis. They're not sending money directly to people, but they are building up um, education and pathways for entrepreneurship. So it looks like they're making a bigger commitment. And I mean, as these things go, that's like... It's great until it's really happening and then you can really feel good about it. But it seems like there are these little moments of things happening out of this. Yeah. There's also a couple of things that have gone up in place of these statues. One is the Rumors of War statue in front of the MFA Richmond, Mm -hmm. which is a man in a hoodie on horseback. And then in the UK, there was a Black Lives protester, a woman with her fist up in the air. And that was done by an artist who saw her and asked if he could create this statue of her. And he's put it up in in the place. But it has not been, it's not official. It hasn't been sanctioned or anything. They just did it. What do you think? Um, I think there's also power in absence. I think there's a lot of power in having those spaces be Uh, empty. I also think there's a lot of power in making those spaces, spaces of convening. mm -hmm. In Franklin Square, I think that's near Philadelphia, this girl named Cara Crombie, she built this outdoor music studio to kind of shaped as a big uh, Mm -hmm. boombox. And it allows people to come and visit and create their own songs from these sampled music of whatever the hot local artists are. And so that was her dedication to Philadelphia's rich music scene. And then also uh, there's this artist, Hank Willis, who sculpted this 800 pound hair pick. Wow. <laughs> 
uh, to kind of highlight ideas related to the community, strength, perseverance, comradeship, resistance to oppression. Let me just tell you about a hair pick. If I were to put one through my hair, I definitely would see strength, perseverance, <laughs> resistance to oppression. <laughs> because I am happy to be happy, okay? Um, so it replaced a statue. That that pick replaced a statue of a former police commissioner that turned mayor that was really controversial named Frank Rizzo. Yeah, there's so many different things, but I, like I said, I think there's power in that space being open and there's power in, you know, making that space a convening place. Yeah, I love that idea. And not all spaces need to be monuments about war. There's more to American culture than war. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you said that to me. Why yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is that our only defining thing? Are we there? Is this so what now what? This is this is it. What's yours? I guess so what I'm really thinking about this because I, I feel like the so what now what for me is rooted in the fact that as Americans, we do absolutely 100% have the right to free speech. That is like one of the most beautiful things that we have because I don't know any other country that holds those two things, you know, conflicting ideals and freedom of speech in both hands on such a broad uh, spectrum. But I think now what is really understanding how we really hold those two things in our hands without lying to ourselves about who we are and how we got to all these liberties like what that road was i'm i'm grateful that we have it and that people will disagree about the statues about history but the thing about it is we've got plenty of libraries and factual things that allows us to have our opinions from a place of knowledge and not from a place of, I don't want to use the word fairy tales, but I don't know what that is. I think that's what I'm asking for is a now what is to have your truth from a place of knowledge, from a place of, of fact. Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye says, just because you a Mary can doesn't mean you a Mary should. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you can do mental gymnastics to make up some thing that completely supports your beliefs and your privilege doesn't mean you and Mary should. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% with that. What about you? So I think that these monuments are a metaphor for systemic racism. They were put into place very consciously, both of whom and where. And then they were held in place partly by apathy and ignorance. And hopefully now they're getting torn down by a revolution. Mm -hmm. So just as these monuments are coming down, I hope that that is also happening within people. Because there's just been a really nasty track record of not seeing a lot of real action and impact. So I'm hopeful that the monuments are an external visual for what's happening for people internally. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yours was such a good setup for our next episode. 
about LaShawn, you're talking about moving forward from a place of knowledge. Yeah. And I think that we owe it to ourselves to be responsible in that. I wanted to highlight something you said about it being strange that the great, 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 great grand of Lee. Yeah. Robert Lee. Right. So, but Robert E. Lee himself did not want the divisive symbols, meaning the flag or anything like that. And so that it was found that all of the Confederate symbols were not in his funeral procession or anything. And he even said, you know, I do not wish to revive any partisan feelings or incite party criticisms. I would rather allay such feelings. And what he was trying to tell people is that we have to move on. Yeah. He said, I think I think it is wiser, moreover, to not keep open the sores of war, but to follow examples of those nations who have in, 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 um, endeavored to obliterate the marks of civil strife and commit to oblivion the feelings it engendered excuse me so well, like that's he worth was remembering <laughs> ain't it though <laughs> well this has been your neighbor's hood until next time stay open stay curious take a baby step to betterment and make it a great day closer to history ciao bella